Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We'll share some of our experience as counselors, business owners, and most important of all, as everyday people. Hi, and welcome to Shrink Think. This is our podcast that explores the human experience from two therapists' perspective. We use a little humor and a lot of compassion to help you understand yourself and learn new ways of being. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to our episode today. I'm excited to introduce you to kind of a follow-up a little bit to the last episode on reasons versus excuses and intent versus impact. Today's topic is going to be about apologies, saying I'm sorry. Many people don't know how to apologize. In fact, as a counselor, it's amazing when we get into this issue with couples or even just a person in their personal relationships, they'll say like, well, how do I apologize for something? How do I like really apologize? Because it seems like this comes up over and over again. And it's just amazing to me that such a simple thing has such a profound impact. So we're going to talk about how to say you're sorry and even how to bring up an issue if you've been offended by somebody or it's not really offended in like today's culture kind of a thing because <laughs> that's go on Twitter and like blast somebody. No, please don't do that. Um, but it's more like if somebody has hurt you, what do you do to bring that up? I've come up with this format for apologizing as well as what, if you've been the offended party, what you can say to express what happened, what the offense is. And our hope is that this can help you better communicate with your friends, your spouses, your coworkers, your family members, and the guy on the street. Because, <laughs> you know, Randy the Redneck is out there. He's offended. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about saying you're sorry when it's something is obvious that's happened, like the offense is just really blatant expressing your hurt, like bringing up when something has hurt you, when the other person might not know what's happened, and then how that person can then apologize, how you can take responsibility for it, and then where that's going to go afterward. Like, what do you do once you've had that conversation? Where does that conversation or what does the action need to go in order for that to truly be resolved? So we want you to listen today because apologizing and repairing hurts in relationships is just, it's everywhere. It's always going to happen. And we want you to actually be able to truly resolve conflict, not just say you're sorry and move on or patch something up with a Band-Aid because it's going to come up again. We hope you'll learn how to be able to express something in a, in a healthy way, in a very clear way when something has hurt you to somebody in a way that's not going to be like overly direct or harsh with them, but also in a way that's not going to be like beating around the bush or unclear so that they don't really know what's happened. And then we also want you to be able to learn how to offer an apology that really, truly addresses what's happened and the impact. So let's go ahead and jump in and get started. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to add to as you were sharing there is I thought, you know, what we're passionate about as therapists is the, the connection that people have to each other. And there's just a lot that, and you know this as you're listening, there's just stuff that you just haven't talked about with people. Because it's for one reason or another, you kind of know what they're going to do. You know how they're going to hear it. You don't know if it's really worth it and that kind of thing. But these relationships, as we kind of go on, and one of the things that the go on with life is what I meant to say, that this pandemic has highlighted is just how, like, I mean, relationship is really important. And you can have deeper ones. So 
but apologizing is going to be inevitable because we're not perfect. I think Aaron has a very unfortunate example that he wants to share. It's not real, never happened, but if it did, um, yeah, go ahead, Aaron, and make stuff up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was laying in bed one night just thinking about this before we recorded our last episode, and I think I had mentioned it, that there was this hypothetical situation. I was like, oh, I wonder what would happen if Nathan and I were like out getting drinks one night after work, and Nathan was telling a story, and he like kicked the table and knocked his beer all over me. And then I was like, oh, let's make it worse. <laughs> let's say it was like my glass of wine that literally just got dropped off at my table. Uh, and it just spilled all over my pants and all over my brand new shoes. I mean, this is like the conclusion of the hypothetical that I made up in my head. This is by no means real. It's never happened. Hey, I saved the beer. <laughs> yes, that's true. How did you know that? Did I ever tell I you mean, in the, my hypothetical? <laughs> that's true. I don't know. What that's amazing. <laughs> um, so in this case, this is, you know, what I was saying initially, what if there's a situation that's obvious where you've done something and it's clearly offended the other person? In this case, it's obvious because the glass of wine is completely empty and my pants and my shoes are completely filled with wine and my socks are soggy. <laughs> that's right. But in this case, it's a silly example, but we want to use it to highlight. It's obvious. Like, so it's in some ways it's obvious what's happening and obvious what to do, but it's not. So what do you do? Well, the first thing you obviously do is complain that the table is made of that weird gardening iron stuff and just hooks on everything, <laughs> you know, and it would have never happened if the, if the table wasn't, didn't have those little loops at the bottom where your shoe could get hooked. And it's incredibly wobbly as well. So moral of this story, do not sit at a table that's wobbly when you're having drinks. Right. Yeah. No, um, actually a little bit of backstory on that that does matter. Earlier that day, I saw the new shoes that Aaron had. And you know how white shoes, they're like gleaming white. They glow they glowed in the dark. I imagine if I turned the lights off, I would only see his shoes walking around. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at nighttime when the sun is gone, those brand new shoes are lighting the world around me. <laughs> yeah. So I watched this wine and it was like, I hit the table. Grabbed the grabbed the beer because God help us all. <laughs> right, and I, and I lose the wine, save the beer. That's his motto. That's right. a bad priority. I actually did catch the glass too before the wine glass before it fell over, but not before it completely sloshed onto. Like at first, it was like because you're wearing dark jeans, it looked like okay, whatever. But I looked down and it was just piled on that shoe, and I was like, no, this is not happening. The gleaming white shoes will not glow in the dark. They'll be pink go-go shoes in the middle of the night. Um, and I was like, well, I guess you need OxyClean. Not my bad. Um, <laughs> no, but I felt really bad. So it was immediately for me, as far as talking about how Aaron has kind of a system with, of taking people through apologies. And I'm looking at that right now going like, well, when I offended the person, I mean, like, yeah, there's like clearly wine all over the place. Offended, I mean, I don't know that he's mad at me, but there's no way that he's happy in that moment, right? So my choice was just to agree right with the action, right? Like, you know, you apologize. I'm so sorry. I, I was not paying attention to where my feet were or whatever. And then, you know, dealing with like not dealing with, but trying to understand how Aaron felt about it. And I guess you should probably talk at this point. Yeah. It, let me just back up for a second. It's so important to acknowledge what happened because I think in, a, in one of the previous episodes, maybe it was like the shame episode. 
when we were talking about how to work through that, and even a little bit in the uh, the reasons, excuses, intent, and impact one, when you're acknowledging what happened, you're agreeing with reality. You're not trying to defend yourself. You're not minimizing what happened. You're not making it into something else. You're not throwing in, well, I didn't mean to do that, or it was an accident, so therefore it didn't really happen. Just like I've said before, with a car accident, if you rear-end somebody, even if you didn't mean to do it, it still happened. Your bumper's still damaged. You still got to get a tow truck and get a rental car and all that stuff. So when you agree with reality, I can breathe a sigh of relief that's like, okay, you're willing to admit what happened. Now we can move on and I can be like, yeah, that's really frustrating or wow, that was really annoying. I just got these shoes and, you know, whatever. We just sat down and, you know, that puts a bummer on the night. So I'll come back to um, my side of things in terms of how it felt, because I think it is an important process to go through to, I guess, to not make Nathan feel bad about what he's done. That's the thing I want to say at this point is because I want, I want to acknowledge what had happened. I want him to acknowledge it. I want him to see how I felt about it. But I also don't want to add to it because it's really easy at that point for him to feel really bad. And then if I heap on, you know, any more shame or any more um, guilt or just anything else, it's going to be really difficult for him to make any repair toward me. And that, what I'm really wanting from him it's going to impair my ability to get that very thing from him. So I could actually sabotage this whole thing for myself and ruin it. And then I could be mad at him thinking, oh, he didn't do this. But in reality, well, I got mad at him when he was already feeling bad about himself. So I guess for now, I just want to say it's important to manage that. And I did. I was really like, hey, you know, he, it was a total accident. He feels bad about it. He didn't mean to do that. Um, it's just stuff. It's just things, you know, it's not like, he sliced off my finger or something. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be a bigger bummer. <laughs> a bigger bummer. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yeah, that would be. <laughs> Sorry, bro. You have no finger. That's a bummer. I imagine that you feel hurt and irritated. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. I was planning on using that finger for the rest of my life. So I don't know how your plans can be that detailed, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Go ahead. So at that point, I've shared, you know, a little bit about what was going on for me. Where, where were you at internally? Because in some ways, you were kind of quiet. You were sort of cleaning up the mess. You know, I think you had said, oh, I'm sorry or, or something. But I wasn't quite sure what was going on in your mind. Yeah, the well, and I, and I remember I said this because I don't know that you knew that I noticed it, is the, your shoes. I was like, I was like. Oh no, that went all over your brand new shoes. I just saw that you just got those. And I was like, um, I'm so sorry that happened. I felt, I felt really like there's no excuse. There's no, it just, it just happened. I mean, it's an accident. Aaron knows that's an accident. Um, but it really sucks. I mean, you're talking about like, like, are we going to get the wine out? Is that going to happen? I was mentioning, I did mention the OxyClean thing. I've used it before. But I was also realizing, like, in order to repair this, I potentially need to buy Aaron new shoes. It's, it's just the reality of, like, well, I mean, that's just that's just reality. Like, the shoes are potentially toast. The dude's probably only had them. Maybe the first time he's worn them. I don't know if that's true. Um, but probably close. So that's what was going through my mind. Yeah, and I do remember you saying those couple of things. And that actually had a big impact because when you said, oh, no, your new shoes you just got, 
it wasn't just that, oh, you spilled them on my shoes or my clean shoes or my new shoes. It was like, oh, you just got those. It's like this whole idea of like you really understood the experience of having new shoes and like kind of wanting to protect their cleanliness, you know, for a while. And then so when you said that, it was like, oh, you get it. Like, okay, I can kind of let that go and relax a little bit and move on. And then I was still, you know, reeling from that a little bit internally. And you said, oh, you know, you can use OxyClean. That would, you know, take it out. But it wasn't like, oh, here's how you can fix the problem. It's no big deal. I think how you said it was like, hey, I think this, I think it may not be as bad down in the future as you think it might be. And that was a little comforting, actually, because I was like, oh, I didn't know that or I hadn't thought about that. And in reality, what ended up happening was I did go home and I filled up a bowl with uh, warm water and OxyClean and scrubbed them out. Actually came out pretty, pretty easily, pretty quickly. And then I dried them. So that was actually the right solution. And it was really helpful. And actually, um, looking back on it, it was really helpful that you said that because it was something that sort of grounded me and kept me going and sort of kept me out of my, my you know, hurt or frustrated feelings. So I, I'm not saying that it's always good to do that. Um, I think you use. Like, well, let me ask you, Nathan. What was your what was your reason for throwing that in there? What what judgment did you use that said, yeah, this is a good idea to say? You know, the main thing for me at that moment was just thinking about how, like, I mean, the shoes are like. I didn't want you to feel like they were like a lost cause because it's one. On the one hand, I mean, I even if I if I were to get you other shoes, you could still see those shoes. And go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these were the shoes. <laughs> these, right. these are the replacement shoes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I know we're making a lot about the about this whole thing right now. Like, because uh, some of you out there are like, okay, really, but. But it is a good example. And thinking through, like, as I'm sitting there with Aaron, I was realizing, realizing the fullness of the consequences going like, well, I mean. I might be buying new shoes here. I mean, like... Yeah, they were like $300 shoes. <laughs> so you're going to have to write me a check for $300. <laughs> we can talk later about your choice in shopping um, <laughs> and where you're buying these shoes. The gold-plated store that was not gold-plated. <laughs> so They're no longer on sale. That's why they're $300. <laughs> Full price, marked up. <laughs> marked up for me. Um, yeah, so at any rate, but the biggest part was like, you came back later and said, um, I don't know if you remember this, you said... Look, I, I realize it's an accident. It's okay. I don't want to add anything to you. Obviously, you know, feeling bad about it, that's fine, and I understand it. And I feel, you said something like, I feel comfortable. Let's just move, move on with the night or whatever. And, and then there, of course, you might not believe this, but we made a joke about something. Because he also had it all over his pants. And so I was like, something, so the waitress says, oh, you need a towel or something. And, and Aaron was like, I don't think I can sit the rest of the night in my boxers out here. Something <laughs> like that. I can't remember. Yeah, for me, just adding a little bit of humor, like, okay, it is what it is. Like, I need to move on from it. And using a little little humor to make light of the situation just, I think, lightened the load, made it like, yeah. It, I mean, it, if you can step back and see it for what it is, you know, it's not the end of the world. It really was not. It, it was a thing that happened. And, I mean, it all worked out. Everything came out um, just fine. And really, the more important thing is the relationship. Like, you know, I value Nathan. I value our time together. I didn't want it to ruin our night. Uh, and it didn't. I mean, we had a good time. And um, the more important thing is we were able to have a good time and connect that evening. Imagine the other thing, though, that if I would have been like, oh, sorry, bro. Hey, did you want, um, didn't, did you, you didn't get fries on the last thing. Did you want to, like, like, I just move on, you know, you've been like, what? Yeah, yeah that's interesting because you did not do that, but you, I think, 
I don't know if you did this intentionally or if it just happened, but you gave me space to process through or feel whatever I was feeling. And then when I was ready, I said that. If you had said that, I think I would have felt annoyed, like, what? You're just like ready to move on? Because my mind would have been going back to it. But because you gave me space to feel whatever I was feeling, I was like, well, I don't want to keep feeling this. Like, it's annoying to feel aggravated or frustrated. And I don't want it to ruin my mood or ruin my night. So I'm going to let it go. And that was like my voluntary choice. So that was a good move on your part. Well, we're still in love. Um, (laughs) So tune in next time on the Shrink Thing Podcast. (laughs) Romance or bromance. I was going to say. There's a B in front of that one, isn't there? Like there wasn't my shorts in the previous episode. I'm just kidding. Anyway, that's not a joke. Um, So let's move on to something that's a little bit more complicated. Okay, so that one's more straightforward because it's very clear. I mean, it would be very hard to deny what happened, you know, in that scenario. I would like to see you try what? No, I didn't. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I've actually worked with some teenagers that seriously have done that. Right in front of me. That's a whole other thing. I guess if you have children, this is the thing that happens, you know. You spilled wine all over me. What? No, I didn't. No, I'm literally looking at it right now. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) It's like on Tommy Boy back in the the old movie. What did you do? Um, As if you did it to yourself somehow. Complicated scenarios would be like, let's say that you, you take a joke pretty well. And there's a person that you're around that maybe at work or if you are working, um, like at a physical location with other people, um, that kind of just, they joke around a lot, but they also kind of like, you've got kind of a reputation that because you can take the joke, they just keep coming. You know, they just keep coming. And it's kind of tuned, turned to a place of maybe, I mean, one could even call it bullying to some extent, because what's happening is the other person's getting a lot of attention at your expense. So you realize this because you don't really want to be around them. Maybe you used to be cool with it and used to hang out, but now you really don't want to be around. They ask you to do something. You don't really want to do it. You kind of realize you're avoiding them. And and you don't want to, on the one hand, you know that you probably should say something because it's just stupid that you're the one doing the avoiding. And on the other hand, you know, like, if I say something, that could even, this person could even spin that around into like, oh, now you're like, can you come and confront me about something like look at the little poor little person now trying you know whatever they would say to spin it around because they're uncomfortable or whatever um so then the question is how do you start this one oh i guess i'm gonna answer this one yes you are because you don't know um <laughs> don't know what you're doing being a therapist but <laughs> so within my i've got this little table that i use Obviously, (laughs) I do spreadsheets and tables um, because I enjoy organization. But I've got two columns. One is the offended person or the hurt person. And then the other column is the person doing the apologizing. And in this case, when you're the hurt person, there are a few things that are important to acknowledge. One is to start up by using I statements. And you've heard this if you've you know been in the self-help field or if you've been in counseling at all in any capacity. It's like, oh, you need to use I statements. Talk about yourself. Say, this is how it impacted me or what I'm feeling instead of like, you did this. But it is also important to identify what the behavior was so that the other person knows what they did and then how it impacted you. So there's really no order to this. You can do one first and then the other or switch it around. So it can sound something like this. Nathan, when you did this behavior or when you did this action or when you said this thing, I felt this emotion or I felt these feelings. 
it's important to note at this time, uh, when I'm talking about emotions, a lot of people will say, I felt like you didn't understand me, or I felt like you were just being fake, or whatever the statement is. Or they'll say, I feel that, whatever. These are not emotions. As you can hear when I'm saying, I feel like you don't understand, that's actually kind of an accusation. That's a blaming statement, and that's going to put the other person on the defensive. Instead, we want to be able to disarm the situation and disarm the other person by introducing the emotion. Because when the person can see what they've done and the impact that it's made on you with an emotion, typically when people hear how it's hurt you or impacted you in some way with an emotion, people's like internal radars go off, their sirens go off, and they're like, oh no, I hurt you, I caused that feeling, and I need to pay attention. And that's what we want. We want them to pay attention to that impact. So it would say, it would sound something like this. When you said this thing or when you did this thing, I felt annoyed or I felt belittled. I felt condescended upon. Yeah, I I felt, I guess you could say, I felt like I didn't matter. I know that's unimportant. That would be it. I felt unimportant. And see, it's important as I'm saying this and working this out, I want to say I felt like I didn't matter, but the real emotion is unimportant. I felt really unimportant. And if at some point in the conversation, I can move on to making a request, hey, I would, I would really like you to consider doing this differently, or I'd really like you to, to do this. Sometimes it's appropriate to add a request. Sometimes that's a little too much, and you just kind of need to let the impact sit. Hey, when you did this, I felt unimportant. And then let the other person wrestle with that. So in the, in the example that I gave, it might look like, um, you know, you regularly make jokes towards me and I know that like I used to be okay with it type of a thing like it seems like I might be from your perspective but it's um it's really started to bother me and I feel unimportant and kind of dismissed and like the butt of everybody's joke that everybody's just I feel like everybody's laughing at me um or maybe it wouldn't be like that because that's not quite an emotion but I I feel laughed at um and so at that point, that would stop. And as far as the table goes so far, like that's where we would stop. But that's just communicating. This is the scenario. This is what you did. It's a little bit more ambiguous because they're jokes, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, they didn't punch you, you know, like you punch me, you know. And I think like Aaron, what you were saying is right. I think it does put off an alert system in our mind. I think sometimes the alert system also goes to immediate defense. Like, oh, no, you feel a certain way. Like, oh, but I didn't do that. That was not me. You know, this is why that didn't happen to you the way you think. Exactly. And as you're saying that, I'm listening as though I'm the person that did the offense and you're speaking directly to me. And it's easy to feel like when you say, oh, you did this, when you make jokes, I can immediately want to get defensive. I think some people will go there, you know, like, oh, well, they weren't jokes or I just wasn't intending that or I was whatever. Or when you say, I felt laughed at, I felt this way, I want to be like, oh, well, you shouldn't because of this reason. It's like all these things can happen for the other person, the person that needs to offer the apology, that it's important to recognize and to pay attention inside of yourself so that you don't do those things because they're not going to be helpful when you offer an apology. As we get to in a second here, all those things are, are, would you categorize those as excuses, as maybe um, focusing on intent rather than impact? Yeah, I think that that would be, um, I don't even know that, you know, to be honest, if that was an intent yet. I think 
I think they're basically closer to excuses. I mean, the person's just in denial and deflecting everything, like in a, from a reactive standpoint. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, from the very beginning, just starting out with this conversation, if I do any of that stuff as a listener, we don't even have any starting ground together for this to for working out this conflict because I'm denying reality. We're not even agreeing together on what happened, on what I did, or what the impact of what I did was. So it's important as the person apologizing, as you're listening, to begin by agreeing, just like Nathan did in the previous example where he spilled wine all over my pants and my shoes. (laughs) 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 It's important for Nathan, uh, it's important to acknowledge the reality of what happened. So, hey, you know what? You're right. I did. I did make those jokes and I didn't realize the impact that it had. I didn't realize that you felt that way. So that's maybe a little bit of a reason, but I'm going to avoid that. So the next thing it's important to do is to acknowledge the emotions that he was, he gave to me. And you can use some other words if you want, but I, maybe it's just me being a therapist and I'm used to using the words that people use, but people use those words for a reason. So if Nathan said, and boy, I'm just remembering unimportant, laughed at, um, dismissed, I think you said. Though if he's using those words because that's how he felt. If I don't use those words, I might actually be missing his, his actual exact experience. So I recommend people using those same words back. Nathan, I did make those jokes and uh, I really had no idea that you felt that way. I really thought you were okay with it, like you said, but I can see now that you felt dismissed and unimportant and laughed at. And then from here, I can add some empathy. And this is where it gets a little bit complicated because at this point, I have heard his words and maybe I don't really fully understand. And I might need to ask some questions to get more clarification. And it's also an opportunity for Nathan, the person that's been hurt, to offer more of his experience because he sees that it's safe to share that stuff. And so in essence, what I'm doing as the person apologizing is I'm creating a safe environment for him, the person that's been hurt, to vulnerably come forward and say, hey, here's how you hurt me. So just think about it kind of like a, I'm creating this womb of safety between <laughs> us for this... Circle of trust. For this, this vulnerable baby to be born into. So, Nathan, you're right. I did do this, and I can see how it made you feel that way. Can you tell me more about what that was like for you? So that I can understand better. Yeah, it's made me start to not want to be with, not be around some of you guys again, because I feel like if I'm there, I mean, it's it. My anticipation is that there's going to be something coming, and and it's not going to be it's not going to be fun, and I'm gonna I feel trapped. I think to to really say anything, can't really say anything. Yeah. So at this point, you can hear that he's kind of expanded on it. And it's you can see how it wasn't just I felt this way, but now I've, I've changed my behavior because of it. Um, it's impacted me so much that I've, I've had to behave differently. And oh, that makes me feel terrible. Like, oh, wow, I had no idea. I just wanted you to be part of the group. And I thought you could take it. But I can see that. Is that why you haven't been coming to our events? Is that why you've been just kind of like, you know, going right past us and kind of avoiding us. Oh, wow. I just thought you weren't interested in us, but I had no idea that it was related to what we were doing or the jokes that I was, I was um, making. So I can give some empathy at this point by saying something like, wow, 
I am so sorry that it hurt you so much that you felt like you just wanted to avoid being around me and you were kind of avoiding our, my friendship. That makes me feel really terrible um, that I impacted you that way. And notice how even though I said it makes me feel terrible, that's a little bit like borderline because that's bringing it back to me. If I did the hurting toward you, if I say, oh, I feel terrible about it. Okay, in some ways it's good for, the, for him to know that I do feel bad because he's like, oh, good, you've got a conscience. You feel bad about it, but I don't want to camp there. I need to really make it about his feelings. And then I can say, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. Or, hey, will you let me know if I'm going down that road again? Because I want, if I'm doing something that's making you feel unsafe or feel uncomfortable, I want to know. And I just want to give you the open door to tell me. I think that in just in all honesty, like I, I know that that would work. And if I get into that character a bit, I... I would be really skeptical Um, and well, and kind of still nervous and afraid to actually bring something else up later. It would be like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to tell you that again. Which is totally okay. And that's the way that this works, right? Because trust, a little bit of trust was broken and it needs to be repaired, which is why moving forward, if I've said that as the person apologizing, I need to now go do that. I need to then not make those jokes. I need to check in maybe with you more often, you know, to show that I really understand the impact and say, hey, um, I'm trying not to make any of these jokes anymore. Um, Maybe I'm joking around. I could say, hey, did that offend you at all? I, you know, I'm just checking in. I want to make sure that I'm I'm still understanding and being sensitive. If I'm following up like that, then you know that I've taken this seriously. I'm doing something about it. Yeah. And as we're talking here, you know, this is. what I'm really aware of is that this, this completely works. And what, and as you're maybe listening, you're like, well, that rarely happens. It just rarely happens. And it's because we don't know how to do it. And things get sideways because it's like one of the things that Aaron was just saying a moment ago. Um, un- and like, and it, it would be unintentional, I think, but the idea of like, all of a sudden Aaron starts processing because it's such a shock to him. He's now processing like, holy mackerel, I feel terrible. And then it could very easily switch into like, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible person, like, or whatever, like if it goes down victim lane. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm over there going like, no, it's no big deal. You're fine. Just keep, you know, and then it's like, we're right back to where we started. Yeah. And the offense and the impact on you never really gets actually resolved because I've made it more about me. And you might be thinking, wait a minute, how did I was coming to you telling you that I was hurt about something and I'm like managing your feelings about it. Like, that's what we want to avoid. So you, um, hopefully you can see that the offended person is saying, hey, when you did this action, and then the person apologizing is taking responsibility for that action. And then the, uh, the hurt person is saying, and I felt these emotions. And then the person apologizing is agreeing with that and empathizing, saying, yeah, I can see how I made you feel those ways. And then we might be agreeing on what needs to be done next. Like, hey, what, what can I do differently um, that would make you feel safer with me? And then the important part following through is really remembering the stuff. A lot of people will say something in the moment as like a quick band-aid. Oh yeah, I won't do that anymore. And then they'll forget. You got to file it away and remember, okay, what am I going to actually do differently? And then you have to go do those things differently. And it's going to take some internal work and some growth to be able to make that change, some conscious effort. But that's what needs to happen in order to actually repair the conflict. Yeah, and as we're closing up here, I just want to challenge you a bit because the reality is that some of the stuff that's going on in our culture these days is like there's a hair trigger on everybody having an opinion on on the idea of being easily offended. And then us therapists will 
get told all the time, like, oh, that's really nice and foofy. Make sure you're really extra careful. I'm sorry that I, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the reality is, is like, this stuff works because this is how humans work. This is how we work. It might seem um, to some of you out there, like, I don't know, I think of like maybe too syrupy and too like exaggerated for how to be. But the reality is this is how we work. And when we are hurting, you need clarity. Like, so you need to be more clear with the structure because you get, without that, you can get lost in the emotion that's going on. And it has to be broken down and it is helpful to to talk in, in this kind of way. So just want to encourage you in that. And thank you also for listening to this episode. Yeah. And just remember that it doesn't have to be a big deal. I mean, this can be a quick conversation for something that's small and it probably needs to be a little bit more uh, formal or clear, a directive, a conversation for things that are bigger. But the point is, if something has really hurt you, you need to address it. You need to bring it up so that you're not holding on to it and it's not between you and the other person or it's not growing into resentment and bitterness. So thanks for listening to the episode. We hope that you learned a few things and would love to hear your feedback on how this goes for you. And as always, if you have any other ideas or input for things you would love us to talk about on our show, we are always open to that. Thank you so much for listening and being with us today. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. 